Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, in our last episode, we we essentially indirectly discussed the importance of you know if you're doing something right to stick with it despite the nagging outside world or the, and that feeling you have inside you that makes you have a little bit of self-doubt here and there. But to know if you're doing something right to stick with it. And I think that all of us in our lives in one capacity or another have felt that, that the tug of doubt reaching upon us. And one of the most extreme ways that, that I think that it can be shown is, is, is joining a religious group, whether it be the priesthood or, or becoming a nun, becoming a sister. Um, and I know that, that you have had an experience this or seen it go through other priests where they get, tugged is, is is this the right decision with me is this something i should continue to pursue the, this this line of life of, of becoming a priest of becoming dedicated to god and, and whether it be going down the priest route going down the route of becoming a marriage and having god intertwined in your life through marriage or through a different sacrament um it's something that that i know that you have a lot of experience with seeing people going through fighting doubt essentially and is there a at least human nature way that we can look at when doubt creeps into our lives, how to look at it that I can say objectively, this is worth continuing to pursue, even if I'm not going to see the benefits immediately. The, the benefits are unclear at this point about whether they be, but should I continue to go down this road and, and what are signs that I'm going down the right road and what are signs that I should reevaluate. Um, so I want to kind of make a very broad starting point of when doubt is entering inside of us and we all have those feelings. Each one of us might describe it a little differently, but that little irking that's inside of us and, and how to deal with that in, in moving forward. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there's uh, as you as you said, Joe, that's going to come up in a whole variety of places in our lives, and uh, so knowing how to to handle that is a really important thing. Um, one of the certainly one of the things that can give us some strength is really believing that this is what God is asking for. You know, so in a in a larger context, whether it's uh, you know, you mentioned somebody in seminary or somebody in in priesthood, um, well, especially when we've made a, a lifelong commitment, somebody who's married or somebody who's already ordained, um, then there's there's a, a strong, you know, there are exceptional cases, and uh, but but the presumption has to be, well, this is this is what I committed to, and this is what God committed me to, and this is where I need to stay. So I need to find a way to work through it. Um, in something that is possible to discern out of, like seminary, um, or a place that we're changing. You know, I mean, you have a business, a business is a big commitment, but you're not sort of bound to your business the rest of your life. You didn't make a vow that you're going to keep this business alive no matter what. So there's always a chance that you could move in a different direction or sell the business, or you could take uh, different kinds of approaches. And then how do we discern those things? I mean, that's part of the question uh, is getting into making the right commitments to begin with. 
if we're making the right commitments, it's going to make it easier to keep those commitments so that we're not doing things that are just uh, impulsive or that are uh, not well thought out, that are simply the the latest shiny object or the fad of the moment, you know, that we're really making decisions that um, are what we believe that we can say, I believe that this is what God wants me to do. And I believe this is the right thing. So St. Ignatius of Loyola is the, you know, the, the great teacher of discernment. And his uh, one of his basic insights is that God leads us in positive paths. So if uh, he wants us to go in a direction, he's going to give us the spiritual consolation that helps us to discern that, um, to make that choice and go in that direction. Um, so it's not just a matter of, well, I didn't have anything better to do, so I entered seminary. and uh, Or like the rest of life was really hard, so I decided to go to seminary. Or seminary is really hard, so I decided to leave seminary. Um, there's something a little deeper than that, that if God wants us to leave, he's going to lead us by a positive sign, that we're not doing that in our worst moments, that we make our our big decisions in our best moments, uh, when we feel close to him, when his grace is at work in our hearts. And so uh, that's one dimension of it is that uh, we want to ask the question of the Lord is, uh, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to proceed? And, and that we were looking for lights, that we want to follow lights in moving forward, rather than, again, simply reacting to difficult situations or uh, our own experiences of failure, different kinds of hardships, that we want to persevere through those. And we, and uh, one of the points of St. Ignatius is that God always gives us the grace that we need. Sometimes it's not a felt grace. Uh, sometimes it's just the grace to persevere. And it's, a, it's an essential grace. It's a, a foundational grace, but it's not, doesn't feel good. But we already, we're already locked in, you know, so I'm in seminary, for example, uh, maybe a, a seminarian would have an experience of things being really difficult and, uh, you know, classes being hard and some relationship going south and uh, some other difficulty going on. And then he's feeling really weighed down in prayer and feels like God has left him and he doesn't know why he's there and he just wants to leave and he hopes that it's going to get better. So that's not the time to leave. You know, that's the... Uh, basic insight of Saint Ignatius: Don't don't leave in those hard times. That's a uh, that's not the right path. Try to persevere in those hard times, and uh, get the help that you need. And it's a little like we were saying in our last episode. You know, the uh, the uh, thing to be careful about in the you know kind of you weren't describing a school of hard knocks exactly, but you know like letting your son persevere and work through things when they're hard and he's struggling with them. And uh, so that he can learn, so that he can grow from that. And that's a, that's a great thing. But we wouldn't want to communicate the message that if it gets too hard, you can't ask for help because dad wants me to figure it out and do it on my own. And so we also want to communicate, well, when you, when you reach a certain limit, you know, uh, ask for help. There are people that want to help you. And that's the thing I always have to do with my seminarians too. It's like I said to one guy, you know, listen, you're not allowed to, he was having a really hard time. I said, listen, you're not allowed to leave until you talk to me first. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, and so when he was getting at the edge of leaving, he come and talk to me. And then I kind of talk him off the ledge. And part of what he needed to do was express what was going on in his heart. He needed somebody he could be honest with. 
He needed to express the pain and the difficulty. He needed to be received and understood in that, and then you know supported and loved in it. And then that had a way of taking the edge off, and he had enough energy to persevere and keep going. So, so we have to be ready to ask for help as well, and and know that there's no shame in that. Uh, getting help is is uh, essential to being human. Uh, our humanity is uh, always directed ultimately towards relationships. We're not meant to become independent to the point of not needing anyone for anything. And so um, getting help is uh, is an important piece of that. And, you know, then maybe just the last word on that is is a uh, last word that I have to offer, and then you can uh, tell me what you think. But um, I, I think we tend to find, you know, we, we get used to uh, our, our own threshold, and we learn that. Um, there are certain things that I can persevere through. I sort of know the tolerable pains in my life. My, um, well, I have I have different things that are difficult. You know, I, uh, some days I have filled up with with appointments. I'm meeting with you know nine, ten people, uh, one after another for spiritual direction primarily. And sometimes there are some really hard situations, and uh, I have to go into those places. And in the midst of that, you know. I can tell myself, I'm going to make it through the other end of this. I've done this before. I can do it now. I'll do it again. And there's uh, the first time, I'm not so sure. The second time, I'm getting more confidence. The third, the fourth, the fifth time, I know that. But sometimes in the middle of it, it's like, oh my gosh, another five meetings. Like, I'm never going to make it. I mean, I got to bail out of this thing. This is, uh, this is a lot. And so I kind of have to talk myself off the ledge a bit and, and I can work through it. So we, we learn our own thresholds. Um, you know, I, sometimes I got to, uh, I do a lot of academic work. So I'm writing articles or I was doing, taking classes. I had to finish papers and study for exams. And it's like, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking this thing is due tomorrow. And all I have is tonight to do it. It's going to be a late night. I'm going to be up till three in the morning, and that's how this is going to go. And uh, I'm going to make it. It's going to be all right. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I don't like it. I might even start planning about how I'm not going to get myself into this again the next time and at least shave a few hours off of that before it's the last day. But sometimes it's, you know, there's nothing to shave hours off of. Uh, there are other commitments. You know, there are people's souls, people have emergencies. They call up. I care for the human person before I complete projects. And so um, anyway, we, we sort of, you know, find some of our own thresholds and learn when we can push the extremes. And, um, you know, maybe just one contrast. Uh, when, I, when I came back from grad school uh, and I, I was still doing a lot of stuff for grad school, I was starting to teach. I was getting back into living at the monastery and taking up other responsibilities. and. Uh, I started feeling myself like dissociate a little bit in the midst of it. And I was like, well, this is not good. I mean, something needs to change here because I'm starting to come apart a little bit and um, I need to make some adjustment. And so if we're paying attention to ourselves and we start to learn the signs of when we're pushing limits, then that, that helps to uh, make good decisions in the, in tougher times. And, and when we're struggling with different things. So anyway, a few thoughts and uh, about that question of when to persevere and when to, uh, when to change past. Yeah. And uh, 
starting with the point of of knowing yourself is really where you're at there is you you weren't arbitrarily just drawing a line saying that i can only handle eight meetings a day it was that's what our schedule had me but if if necessary to help people to overcome approval as you just said right there is more important than the project so if, if it means i'm getting more more thrown on me i will figure out a way to do that so well yes we have our own individual spaces that um i can only handle so much like i know i can not physically lift 400 pounds it's just i can't bench that i know that um, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong to try to push where i'm at and you know so, some people have said it's actually a sales thing that some people use for marketing that it's good to go outside of your comfort zone you know explore that new thing on the menu that you never tried before you know only eat what's on the special today uh, and just try that for a while and yeah there there's some people who says that when it comes to meals it really helps you but there is some concrete things that this is right or wrong and i want it to be a part of my life or not and when outside forces kind of push you to try to do something that you feel is is wrong to, to to have that self-being to to fight against that. So you gave us a very clear step one. Know yourself, know where you're at, and, and do an honest evaluation of yourself. And knowing that maybe the ideal of where you want to be and where you are may not have perfect overlap. You know, as you said, you were feeling yourself kind of become disassociated, falling apart because it wasn't a perfect overlap. So I want to kind of talk about that, about what should our ideal we're striving for to be so that we can look at ourselves objectively and say, here's where I'm at. That's where I want to be. So we can at least identify the differences and then get into the how to fix it. Because I think so many people skip that step of where are we going rather than okay, cars broke, let's immediately fix it. Well, if we don't know what a fixed car looks like, how can we truly fix it? Or are we just running in a little bit different direction and hoping that that's now the right way? So let's let's talk about that process of knowing what the ideal for our lives ought to be. Well, and that's, uh, you know, that's going to depend a bit on our, our state in life. I mean, the general thing that applies to everybody is, is virtue. You know, virtue, uh, holiness is what we're aiming at. Holiness is the perfection of charity. Uh, so it's not the benching 400 pounds is not the ideal. Um, uh, charity, perfection of charity is the ideal. So that sort of sets things in the right direction. St. Ignatius reminds us that our, the pur- our purpose in life is to glorify God and to work for the salvation of souls, you know, first of all, our own. And so we, we want to keep things oriented in, in that direction as well. Um, a, a, you know, priesthood or marriage, let alone, a, you know, a business or a car, you know, a house. All of those things are instruments on the path of glorifying God and working for the salvation of souls. And so, and, and ultimately we do that by becoming fully alive. And we are fully alive when we are perfected in love. And so that's, a, that's the general thing. Um, you know, for someone like you, the, I, I would think there's a, a certain balance, you know, we were talking a bit about your uh, fatherhood and the way you take care of your son and some of the challenges that come up with that, but balancing the time you spend growing your business and the time you spend taking care of your son and the time you spend with your wife 
and the time you spend with your friends and, and other members of your family. You know, there's a, what's the ideal look like? That's a good question. Um, you know, there, there's, there's not a, a obvious, perfect ideal. The answer is all of that. How do you balance that? Well, different circumstances are going to make a difference. Um, we're going to aim at the perfection of charity. So simply building up a business and investing everything in that is going to be missing something. A business is a means that serves an end, it serves the end of your family and uh, you know your own perfection and virtue and things like that. But it's not an end in itself. It's not the ultimate. And so um, there, there are ways to uh, make sacrifices there. So uh, all of the details of the ideal are going to, again, just depend on our own, our own makeup, the way that God has made us, and also our own circumstances, how to live that out. Um, Perfect. And what a way to look at it. So unfortunately, it's not one of these ones that's like the area of a square is multiply the two sides. It's not going to be that that black and white. And and I know that that's part of my mind of always just trying to get blueprints for everything. And on that note, one of the, the national cooking shows that you might say uh my wife gets the cookbooks for them and you know every once in a while we fall asleep to watching their tv show on it um i tried doing a recipe from it and it was everything they wrote out exactly but it did not look the way it turned out on tv and i think that i i say that as a cautionary tale that trying to make everything into a blueprint is not always as ideal as it would sound to be. And I know there's a personality type that just wants, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I, I certainly appreciate and recognize that because it, in a certain sense, it's at least I know I'm going in the right direction because in, in all of these balancing conversations you've had, um, you know, I, I've been having one within my own household, obviously having a newborn changes a lot of those time dynamics and, and changes. And as much as I could pre-plan what it's going to be like to have a, a little yelly baby who's screaming in the middle of the night and all that, and what it would be like intellectually, I, I can grasp that, but going through it was, was different. Um, and it's not like I've never seen someone be a father before or anything like that. Um, it's just life in, in that regards, I guess, is unplannable. But essentially what you're telling me is as long as we're trying to live the, the virtues of charity, that it'll, it'll work out. And, um, you know, I, I point it out a lot because I think that it's very important is, is the need of humility, especially in our culture now and how that is diminishing. And you, you even mentioned in the last episode that self-sufficiency in a way is a, is a, is a departure from humility in that, that you think that you don't need anyone else. And as you said many times here, that humility is knowing where we are, not being too full of ourselves or too down upon ourselves. And I think that that if we can incorporate that more into our lives of knowing our place and, and what our direction is, and, and yes, the logistical layouts of how we get from here to there might be different, but to perfect the acts of charity, to to bring them into our lives on a daily basis and in a way that we can see that it's getting us to that act of charity, whether it be prudence, learning more, getting your, your extra degrees, knowing more stuff, um, you know, fortitude, knowing when to speak up and 
you know, have conversations that are, might be a little scary on the inside, as you mentioned there with your seminarian, that there's some scary stuff. I don't really know how to deal with this. What do I do? That that's, that's an exercise of fortitude there. Um, and then obviously temperance of, of knowing that we're not the end all be all and ordinating ourselves in, in the right stage of life. So to me, it, it's something that's that, that, that we, if we actually think about it and, and pursue the thought process kind of leads to saying things in a little bit different way, a little bit different verbiage, a little bit calmer inside our mind, which hopefully will translate into our actions and those in the relationships around us. So with that being said, Father, I want to give you a chance to, to, to conclude today's episode here and guide us into a good place for next week. Well, I, I love your inclusion of humility. Humility and charity are the two great Christian virtues. And knowing where we are, uh, as you started out, that self-knowledge is, is essentially humility. Knowing where we're going, uh, that's the perfection of charity. And that's uh, where we're, we're moving to. But uh, another way to look at charity is be, being a gift of self. Uh, so I give myself for the good of the other. And humility is necessary for that, too. I can't give what I don't have. And so being able to give what I do have and then being able to discern what is the good of the other in a particular circumstance are going to be necessary for for charity. So humility and charity work beautifully together. And that's that's what we're looking at. Those are are the great saints who inspire us. And when we look to their example of of great humility and great charity, it gives us a little bit of a picture of where we're going, as you pointed out. So so important to know where we're going. Uh, also to recognize we're not a completed product, and that's that's a relief a lot of times. You know, we can put so much pressure mm-hmm. on ourselves that we're supposed to be something more than we are. And uh, a little child is very helpful. You know, you don't have expectations that your your son is. Uh, whatever, walking and talking and, you know, uh, doing his homework and driving himself to work, right? It's like, you know that that time will come and that's only going to develop after a number of years. And so you neither want to hold him back or put pressure on him to be somewhere that he's not. And that's a, a kind of humility when we can measure that for ourselves and realize I'm in a process of development, uh, whether I'm four years old or 40 years old, and I can be patient and keep taking one step after the next to develop, to grow as, as I'm ready to, as the, as the Lord is working in my life. So, um, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's an important topic for our discussion. We're, we're going to run into roadblocks. We're going to have difficulties. We need to know how to persevere, how to grow through those. What are we aiming at? Where are we now? Those are all the right questions to ask. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we thank everyone for, for being with us here today. And we will be with you again here next week.